0: Hey, it's Ryan Holiday. Welcome to another weekend episode of the Daily Dad Podcast. My son is five, uh, uh, turning five this week, actually, and he currently plays soccer, but he doesn't love it that much. I think he has fun out there. But anyways, um, sports were a big part of my life. I think they're important um, as a way to teach life skills. They're fun, keep you active. So we've kind of been thinking about like what what sports we want our kids to play, and one of the sports we've been thinking a lot about is jiu-jitsu. It's sort of off the table with COVID. Uh, I can't think of a sport that is more indoors and more close contact than literally grappling with people. So that's sort of been off the table. But as, uh, uh, as, as COVID changes, vaccines, et cetera, we're really starting to look at that. I trained in jiu-jitsu for two or three years, really enjoyed it, really got a lot out of it wanted to get back into it, and I want my son to be able to do it. So anyways, today's episode is with the one and only Nick Palmashano, the founder of Ranger Up, former Army Ranger, great all-around dude and entrepreneur who I had on the Daily Stoic podcast recently. You can listen to that whole interview. Anyways, not only did he grow up wrestling, not only is his wife a high school wrestling coach, but his whole family... Is his whole family has participated in martial arts, uh, jujitsu, wrestling, grappling, judo, uh, all of that, and so I think this is a really great episode. We talk about that, talk about the lessons that fighting. I know that that can be uh, disconcerting to some parents to hear that word, but talk about training in the martial arts, fighting, etc., can be really good for kids and really good for families to pursue together. So, I was excited about this episode, and I am excited to share it with you. Check out Ranger Up. They make a bunch of awesome clothes. Actually, both my sons love wearing the Ranger Up shirts that Nick sent us. So, um, anyways, enjoy this episode of the Daily Dad Podcast. How have you been, man?
1: I've been good, man. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I've been kind of a wild ride lately, uh, but uh, but Good.
0: I wanted to talk about that, but I thought we'd start off with something easier as I think about this every time uh, I see y- something that you or your wife tweets. Um, <laughs> I started training in jujitsu maybe like 10 years ago now, and I really, really enjoyed it. I did it uh, very consistently for three, four years, and then I got I got out of it um when I moved to Texas, and then I never got quite back into it after I had kids. Then yeah. I was just starting about thinking and doing it again, and then the pandemic happened. And I, uh, uh, a f- uh, guy came uh, by the bookstore a few days ago who was a black belt, and he has a jujitsu gym down the street. He was talking about kids' classes. So walk me through why I need to start training again and what I and my family will get out of it. Because this is something, obviously, you do a lot of, and yeah. uh, I think has some philosophical lessons in it.
1: Yeah, uh, there's a couple of things that I love about just grappling in general. So you know, I, I started in judo in 1987, became a pretty accomplished judoka. Uh, then started wrestling in high school, uh, you know, and then and went on to to wrestle briefly at West Point, and then I uh, was on the Army judo team, and then jujitsu came in vogue, which is basically the, the the ground portion of judo, you know, taken to the infinite level. Um, and then, you know, MMA and I got involved with, you know, cornering Tim Kennedy and, you know, it's, it's been a ride. I've been grappling for a long time. Yeah. What I, what I love about grappling and jujitsu in particular is that, um, you know, I have a, I live a very, uh, full life. I'm involved in a lot of things, um, a lot of stress, a lot of things to think about when I'm on the mat. And when I have a 250 pound man trying to choke me unconscious or break my arm, I am not thinking about any of those things. I'm not thinking about, you know, conversations to have with employees. I'm not thinking about payroll. I'm not thinking about a new business venture or a book to write or a movie to work on. I'm only thinking about I need to get this 250 pound man off of me and then get on top and start, you know, doling out some punishment of my own. And so um, far better than, you know, watching Netflix or, uh, you know, some other kind of mind numbing thing, like you're using your body um, and you, you go to this like zero state where uh, it's primal. And so like it, it's a great way to shut off for 90 minutes while simultaneously, you know, getting in better shape. The other thing that's great about it is no matter how good you get at it, there's always somebody better and there's always something else to learn. Perfect example is, you know, in most rooms, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that I'm like some dominant guy because I'm not. Uh, But in most rooms, I hold my own regardless of who I'm, I'm rolling with. Like, I'm not embarrassing. But then, you know, when I go and visit my, my buddy, Tim Kennedy, for a week, and it's like Tim and three of his friends that are all world champions in jiu-jitsu, it's as if I've never done the sport. It's as if I know nothing. Um, and there's something awesome about that is that, you know, whereas, you know, on a regular day, people are like, man, that guy, that guy is really tough. I can walk into a place where I'm the novice. And it's, hum-
0: it's a, hu- it's humbling. Cause it's literally kicking your ass.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's one of the great things. Um, I think it's, I think it's also healthy for, I think especially men to get in there and get your ass kicked because, and, you know, and do a little asking, kicking of your own, because, um, you know, we kind of live in this world where everybody has this bubble of what they think they can do. Like, men tend to assume that they're experts in fighting, like that they, there's some innate fighting gene that they have. Yeah. Whereas, you know, like I've, I've been fighting since 1987. And, and like when you go up against somebody that has never fought, it's like everything they do is slow motion. Everything they do, you anticipate um,
0: not it's to It's embarrassing say it. how, how naturally bad you actually are at it. That's what
1: oh, I Oh, yeah, super bad. Yeah, every every instinct that you have is the wrong instinct, and it it, um, it burns out, uh, you know your your energy, and and next thing you know, you're in a worse position, and uh, like you know, it's it's not a natural thing. You have to learn it. You have to have discipline. You have to work at it, just like everything else. You know, everything that you want to become expert in requires you know, discipline on a, on a daily basis. So
0: yeah, there's that Yogi barrel line about baseball that it's impossible to think and hit at the same time. I feel like fighting is, that's even more true because the Mm -hmm. stakes, although yeah, getting hit with a fastball is, is not something you want to do, but the stakes are higher in fighting or at least more primal because you, uh, you're, you're literally two people fighting for literal domination of each other.
1: Yeah. And, and you, absolutely degenerate to whatever you actually know. Um, And what I mean by that is like, there's a lot of fancy moves I can do against beginners um, or fancy moves that I can do given time. And I think that's true of most people that train, but when you're actually tired and it's actually a, uh, you know, an intense moment where adrenaline's up and, and you, you have that, you know, fear, if you will, of losing or of being injured or something, you know, even though I know, I don't know, I don't know how many, a hundred some odd, 200 moves or whatever. I kind of go to the same five or six things when push comes to shove, because those are the things I've done 10,000 times. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I think, um, and not to completely change subjects, but it's one of the reasons why whenever I watch, uh, situations where whether it's like uh you know police officers or military or firefighters and 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 you watch them and you're like you know why did he make that decision or why did she make that decision like when you've actually trained you realize that you're never as good as you want to be and you fall back on whatever it is that you've done the most because you go to lizard brain mode Um, all of
0: haven't they done studies that like police officers who are trained in, in grappling are actually much less likely to use deadly force because they they have either the confidence or the acumen or just they've done the emotional regulation that yes. prevents them from escalating to the, the the final option so quickly?
1: Yes. And the same thing with military members is people that have have extensive hand to hand training ha- tend to pull the trigger uh, less quickly in environments that perhaps don't call for it because again, like if you don't know how to fight, if you don't know how to, you know, pin someone to the ground and keep them from moving, then everything is a life or death situation. But if right. somebody puts their hands on you and you, you can feel instantly, they can't move you like you don't have that same anxiety level. And so, um, You know, the more that you train in bad environments and this this goes for everything, whether it's it's shooting or jujitsu or, you know, any of any of the martial uh, skills, the more you train in bad environments, the more comfortable you are when it really matters.
0: Right. So, so here's, here's my excuse for why I stopped doing it. And you can, you can call me out on my bullshit, or maybe you can just give me, give me a solution. Cause I, cause I really did enjoy it. So I I'm as an introvert and as a writer, I sort of need solitary time, sort of meditative experiences that allow me to think I'm sort of turning off my mind, but I'm also turning on my subconscious. Right. Mm-hmm. And so running or swimming or biking has always been that for me. So that I, I have to run every day for sort of professional, but also personal reasons. Like I'm just much less pleasant to be around if I haven't done those I, things. I get it. Yeah, I get it. And so, so I have to do that. So when I was, you know, when I was working on my first book and I'd sort of left my job, I had like so much time. I could be like, well, I'm going to run to jujitsu, then do jujitsu, or I'm going to do jujitsu and then maybe run in the after. What I found, it was an increasingly harder mm-hmm. sell to tell my wife that I needed, you know, two to two and a half hours of Ryan exercise time in the course of a day. Uh, so that's why I was thinking about the kid part of it because then either we could do it together or it's sort of a, a family activity. That, that was what was getting me excited about the idea again.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it's great for kids. It's actually a phenomenal sport for kids. And I think it helps with all other sports, regardless of what they do down the road. So all, all of my children have participated in jujitsu
0: how many uh, do you have and how old are they and when did they start? I have, I have six. What?
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, my, my, my wife came with a couple. I had a couple and, uh, and, and we, uh, we, we had a couple together. So, uh, okay. to- total of six. Um, the oldest is 20 and, uh, about to be 21 and the youngest is six. So, uh.
0: Yeah. And they all, they all did it and and what was that experience like like as they've, a, it,
1: Yeah, they've all they've all done jujitsu and actually all of them that have have been able also have wrestled. Um it's it's been very different, you know, um my my oldest is um like he did he wasn't passionate about it. It was very like okay, this is one of the things that I do. Um and didn't didn't really get hardcore into grappling until like his senior year of high school he went he went hard after wrestling and 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 you know did a finished his season pretty well and uh and then has continued to grapple on his own where you know he didn't he he wasn't heavily engaged in it um you know for you know for most of his childhood it was just a thing he did Uh, my, my second oldest, kind of the same thing. Like he, he, he enjoys it. It's fun, but it's not like, like with me, grappling was like, you know, I, I lived, breathed, was willing to die for it. You know, when I, when I was that age, um, my daughter who is, uh, is 14, she's the hardest core. So, uh, in middle school, she, she finished kind of like second in middle school for the state boys and girls, uh, you know, for wrestling. And, uh, you know, she, she's gone to camp. She's upset. She missed a year for COVID. Um, she's already doing wrestling camp now gearing up for, you know, her first high school season. Um, my other daughter who is, uh, uh, 13, um, uh, is, is more into jujitsu. Um, they are completely different girls. You know uh my my older daughter is like you know built like i am um you know just uh just you know short stocky um you know all all kind of like muscle and um my younger daughter is built like my wife you know long lanky you know kind of like legs for days and so because of that you know she's great at triangles she catches She catches triangles and she can move people with her legs. And, um, you know, so they just have like different, like the cool thing about grappling is like different people with different builds, abilities, strengths, weaknesses can find their own game. Um, and then, you know, my, uh, my 12 year old son and my six year old son are, uh, they're both very athletic, very aggressive. Um, and I think they're going to probably dominate the sport and be into it um, just based on what I've seen, you know, thus far. Um,
0: Has it been for... cool as a family to have, like, I, I, what must be cool about it is, like, it's not that something you would necessarily do together, but it is like a domain in which you're all at different levels. Uh, like you're saying, like, you could yeah. be bat- you're all studying the same thing, I guess. That must be a cool family experience.
1: Yeah, it is it, because everybody understands, you know, every single no, nobody just starts off being good at grappling. So, you know, when you know, when one of my kids doesn't get the result they want, like I've been there, like, you know, sure. they know they know I've been there. Um, but it, the journey is 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 really fun. And, and you know, it, it's like all things. Right. So, you know, uh, we you and I have talked about this before you know, people that focus on a result tend to never be happy. Um, people that enjoy the journey of kind of improving and getting better and investing time in things that they, they believe in tend to be happy. And so, you know, watching my kids go from not being able to, you know, to, to hit a single leg takedown to, you know, mastering it or, you know, never, never having, you know, won a match to, to winning a match, you know, all those like little victories. Like I remember them, my wife remembers them, you know, the older ones remember them. So, you know, everybody's kind of along for the journey, but also, you know, uh, very candidly, you know, I want my children to be able to defend themselves, uh, you know, and to, to not be in the worst case scenario, you know, if, if somebody tries to place them in that scenario. And so just a generally healthy sport to be around.
0: Well, it's healthy, too, in that you might it might seem like it's dangerous, but the extent of the injuries you're going to get are like broken fingers, maybe a broken arm, broken toes. It, you're not getting, you know, CTE or or concussions for the most part. Exactly. Um, it, it, it must be um, it, you can sort of feel good about them as they're doing it.
1: A- absolutely. Yeah, it, it's. It's actually one of the safer sports, um, you know, the continuum of, of danger in sports is boxing, number one, football, number two, soccer, number three, and then everything else drops off significantly, significantly from there. I want to say jujitsu is like 30 or something. Yeah. Um, most of the time when there's a jujitsu injury, it, it, it's, it's going to involve either, uh, you know, an arm joint, but not, you know, people aren't typically snapping arms. It's, it's more like it got a little hyperextended and you need to take a, you know, a week or two off as opposed to, you know, like any kind of serious injury and with kids that never happens. Kids never really, you know, they, they, they have a diff- different speed than, you know, kind of idiot adults that take things too far. Um, yeah.
0: All the injuries that I ever had were on uh, against actually less skilled people who were always. trying too hard. Always. Yep.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, perfect example, Tim Kennedy, who, you know, is as elite as they come in grappling. Um, you know, he, he recently had a torn ACL. And it was because of a less skilled person that was was trying something. And Tim didn't, you know, was trying to be nice and didn't want to crush him. And the guy uh, kind of tried to throw Tim in a weird way. And Tim planted his foot. And next thing you know, uh, you know, he's got a, he's got a torn ACL and he needs surgery and the whole nine. And, you know, he called me and was, you know, super upset about it. He's like, man, if you had thrown me, you know, I'd be perfectly fine right now. And it's, it's because unskilled people do crazy things and, and it's, it's life or death for them. Whereas, you know, like if you and I rolled, I don't care if you tap me out. Like my, my personal ego is not tied into how I do in practice or who gets me or who I get. Like, it's all practice. Like we're there for practice.
0: A couple of years ago, my sister gave our family like one of our all-time favorite gifts, which is that she signed us up for KiwiCo, which is now a sponsor of the Daily Stoic podcast. I love when that happens. The Kiwi kits that come in the mail are just my kids' absolute favorite thing to do I love doing them with them. Their grandparents love doing them with them. Certainly better than watching TV or playing with their toys. KiwiCo is a one-stop gift shop for kids of every interest and age. They can discover the mechanics behind everyday objects, learn the science of cooking, explore new cultures, practice art and design techniques, all through seriously fun hands-on projects. Give a KiwiCo subscription and celebrate a love of hands-on learning all year long, This holiday season, give the gift of a fun hands on holiday experience with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code dailydad at kiwico.com. That's 50% off your first month at kiwico.com, promo code dailydad. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. As a parent, it's important that you take care of yourself. How can you be there for your kids? If you're not being there for yourself, I've said this before, but I have benefited immensely from going to therapy over the years, and I always recommend it to people who are struggling. I know it's made me a better parent. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist you can start communicating with in under 48 hours. There's so many different experts, kinds of expertise there, many of which are not even going to be available locally in your area. You log into your account anytime you send a message to your therapist and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. And we've got a special offer for Daily Dad listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Daily Dad. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Daily Dad. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P slash Daily Dad to join over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. I've been a runner for a really long time, as you know, but one of the best changes and investments I made a couple years ago was the decision to get into cycling. You know, bikes are not one size fits all. And when you want the ultimate personalized bike shop experience, talk to the experts at competitivecyclist.com. They're the online specialty retailer of road and mountain bikes, components, apparel, accessories, trailers, everything you could possibly need. Plus, they're gearheads, equal parts customer service and cycling fanatics. They can answer your questions about anything. They're former pro athletes, Olympians, seasoned cyclists with years of experience. Right now, just go to competitivecyclist.com slash daily dad. Enter promo code daily dad to get 15% off your first full price purchase, plus free shipping on orders of 50 bucks or more. Some exclusions apply. Go right now, get 15% off plus free shipping at competitivecyclist.com slash daily dad. Enter promo code daily dad. Yeah, I think one of the lessons, one of the most sort of humbling and inspiring things I found in jujitsu, which again, would be something I really wanted to teach my kids. And I'd be curious how you've seen this lesson sort of manifest is I have found, you you walk in to uh, a gym, and the best guys or or, or women are the kindest, mm-hmm. the quietest, the most generous, and the most secure in them. Yeah. Like you'd yeah. think it would be intimidating that these are aggressive people; these are like you know killers, like with a killer instinct kind of a thing. And it's almost as if the competitive drive in jujitsu is turned inward. As opposed to outward, which is interesting in that it is a directly competitive sport where you are trying mm-hmm. to break your opponent. But for whatever reason, there's not. I just never found that sort of jockey, like let me bust your balls, or let me humiliate you, or let me show you why I'm better than you. Yeah. And ironically, again, it's the insecure people who are new that you have to be worried about.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think. I think that there are so few people that reach the elite level um, that you need each other, right? Like you, you, you know what you've earned, you know who you are, you know what you've accomplished, you know what you're capable of and to get better, you know, you're not going to get better training with somebody that doesn't know anything. Like you're, you're getting better training with somebody um, that's better than you or or at, at least is at your level or can push you. And so, you know, the only real matches are when you know you and somebody that's your equal or better says, "Hey, let's go hard on this one. Like this one, we're gonna we're gonna treat this like a real match. We're gonna treat this like a real fight. Like let's try to win." Um, and those are those are really valuable training experiences, and you have to do those sometimes. But most training, especially you know after forty, you can't you can't operate like that. You know, you if you want to play jujitsu. Um, you can't be going a hundred percent every single time. And, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's how you get hurt. It's how it, it, you make it not fun. It's how you push other people out of the sport. And so, you know, ultimately you want people to join your sport. You want people to learn and, you know, like I can get on top of a white belt and make their life miserable and, and make sure they never come back again, but then, you know, no one wins. Right. Um, you know, and so you got to let you got to let people play. You got to let people get in dominant positions and kind of work your way out of them and explain how you did it. And, um, and I, I find that most, you know, high ranked people are, are pretty good and uh, good human beings. Uh, and in fact, a lot of black belts now have a policy where they're not going to promote somebody to brown belt or higher unless,
0: you know, regardless of their skill level, if, if they don't think that they're, you know, people of character. Interesting. Yeah. My last, my, well, actually I might have two, but what, one, one of the things uh, obviously with stoicism, there's this sort of sense that it's very masculine, that it's only for guys, that it's all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but your wife is very good at jujitsu. And actually some of the most sort of yeah. skilled grapplers I've ever seen have, have not, have not been men. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously you can't really speak to her experience, but you, you, that both your daughters uh, are in are, it is also interesting to me. It's not just for, for, for guys.
1: No. So. Um... My my wife is a badass. Um, she's actually, I believe, and I, I haven't done the research, but I couldn't find anyone else. I believe she was the first uh, wrestling, uh, wrestling coach in North Carolina that was a woman. Um, and basically what happened was uh, we lost both of our middle school wrestling coaches uh, on the same day. Uh, one got a job offer elsewhere that he'd been trying to work at this place for like 12 years. Um, and the other had recently got, uh, gotten married and decided, you know, I don't, this takes up so much time. I want to devote it to, to my, my marriage. And so all of a sudden we went from having two great coaches to having no coaches. Well, uh, Suzanne had, you know, she had been wrestling with me for years as part of improving her jujitsu game. And she, she's an accomplished wrestler. Um, and so she said, well, you know our girls need to have a wrestling coach, you know, do you think I can do it? I said, absolutely. Like you're, you know, you're very technical, you know how to teach. Um, and frankly, I think there's nothing that's going to be better for, you know, uh, 12 and 13 year old boys than getting their butt absolutely kicked by a woman, you know, sure. and, and, and a 110 pound woman at that. And that's exactly what happened is, is, uh, you know, she, she basically went to the middle school and said, I'll coach. Um, and then you know, other coaches came on board eventually, but like at you know at the very beginning, she was the wrestling coach by herself, and um you know, she smoked a bunch of uh a bunch of teenagers on on the first day of practice, and all of a sudden, uh you know, there was a lot of respect but but I will say this generation is so much better than you know my generation you know there were very few women in wrestling when i was a wrestler and when uh when a woman joined the team you know it was like hey let's run her off it was a let's whole run thing. off the team yeah it was a whole thing and, and it, that was a thing that like uh you know i never participated in it was actually a conversation i had with my coach when i was you know captain of my high school team i you know i said i'm not going to do that you know, like you've you've taught me that, like if people don't quit for the wrestling team, then they're wrestlers, and, and we got to go the same way. And to his credit, he actually said, "You know what? You're right." Um, but it was definitely a thing in the early '90s to try to make sure that women were not on the team. Whereas now,
0: and the whole women, humiliation of oh, I was beaten by a girl, or what if I lose to a girl? As if that, as that if was it's a not just fear. losing. Period. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was that was a huge, huge fear, Um, and you know now it's just not like that. Like there are women on on every wrestling team I've seen. It's accepted. Every coach accepts it. And I will say this: I personally believe that that women's wrestling and women's grappling saved Olympic uh, wrestling. Huh? Uh, There was a period of time where you know, like the, the oldest Olympic sport, you know, got cut from the Olympics. In 2016, people forget that, and there was a huge movement to bring it back. And I, I've heard through the grapevine from a lot of people that the reason that it came that it came back was because of the interest in women's wrestling. And women's wrestling is now the fastest growing uh, individual sport in America.
0: Wow, that's fascinating. All right, last jujitsu question. Um, All right, I'm ready. One of the things, that, another sort of uh, parallel to stoicism that I've liked, I sort of found it inspiring What the, for people who are not familiar sort of how jiu-jitsu gyms go, it's kind of like CrossFit in that um, you sort of go, there's like a warm-up, and then there's like a set of instructions for the day, like here's the lesson, and then there's like the the, the rolling or whatever, right? Yep. And, yep. and then questions. But I, I I just love the idea that it's basically like you at any level – of any proficiency anywhere in the world could drop in at a jujitsu gym and like the same process is happening. They're all doing the same mm-hmm. lesson, but more mm-hmm. or less the same format. I just loved the sort of the image of like all these different people on different ju- different places, but on the same journey, just meeting up all over the world. There was something sort of inspiring. And I think similar to the journey of self-improvement and philosophy that we're all on, which is like, look, classes are everywhere choose to show up or not.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and they're, you know, um, when, when you put it like that, you know, it's absolutely true. Like, you know, different, you know, every, every instructor has their own flavor on things. You know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe they snap instead of clap, or maybe they're an anti-clapping gem or whatever, but there is a process and it's a familiar process. And I, you know, I absolutely believe that, uh, you know, people in the jujitsu community um feel very comfortable. And in fact, you know, couples that are hardcore into jujitsu almost make it part of their vacation. Like if they yeah. go, if they go to the Bahamas, they also want to find, you know, uh gracie Bahamas or whatever. And yeah, and like dropping
0: it at a CrossFit box or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. It's it's just part of the experience for for people. I'm not one of those people. When I'm on vacation, <laughs> I want to do nothing, you know, but uh, you know sure. it's
0: we're all we're all different. No, no, as you're traveling for business, you might want to stop in, or if you're trying yeah, to, yeah, to challenge yeah. yourself, that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, cool. So let's talk about your life as an entrepreneur. Cause you and I met at that American Dream You thing where you were talking to veterans who are transitioning out of the military. Did, did we meet there or did I think we, so did, did we meet years earlier with Tucker? I think we'd met over email before, but that was like, that was where, I don't even think we both knew we were going to the thing, but we both bumped into each other at Fort Bragg. Uh, okay, okay. And, yeah, I, that, yeah. and then I remember we went to a fight and then MC Hammer was there. It was all very- Yeah, boring. that's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but, but talk, me, talk, me, talk to me about your journey. I, I, into- I stole his limo that night. Talk to me about your journey to entrepreneurship, because that's not what most people do coming out of, you know, the Army Rangers.
1: Yeah. uh, So, you know, I I left the military and I went to uh, and I must have been 26 or 27, somewhere in there. I think I was 27. Um, I left the military and uh, I went to Duke University uh, for business school. So not a real degree in MBA. Um, and, uh, and, and kind of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say wasted a couple of years there, but, um, it was not, it was more an education in interacting with, uh, the cohort than it was I was learning anything critical in these classes. Um, While I was at Duke, I volunteered with the ROTC and I taught them uh, small unit tactics and uh, army combatives. And it was just a thing. It was fun to kind of stay connected to the military in some small way. Um, Then I got a corporate job at a Fortune 100 company. And I was working at at John Deere um, and I was still local. So I continued doing the ROTC thing. And uh, so, you know, every morning at 6 a.m., I was at Duke uh, in the wrestling room and I was I was teaching, you know, uh, combatives. And one of the one day, a couple of the the kids were like, you know, man, I I really want to wear some like you know, some military clothing. But all the all the T-shirts out there are skulls and snakes and death from above. And it's like way too hardcore. And I'm in college and I just want something that's kind of like cool. Um, and so, you know, I had been teaching these kids for years and I, I went to Michael's and I, I got some heat transfer paper and basically like made some cool shirts for them just out of heat transfer using Microsoft Paint, you know. And uh and they thought it was great and you know, they were just like, Hey, you know, you should think about doing this and actually, you know, hiring a designer and doing it properly. And I kind of like thought about it, wasn't super excited about it, but um, you know, it stayed in the back of my head. And then uh, I got more and more bored with the corporate gig. Um, and so I was like, you know what, let me launch this little hobby. And, and the hobby was called Ranger Up. And uh, people started writing me from Afghanistan and Iraq saying, man, this is great. You know, I'm so glad there's finally something like this for us. Um, and, and it became a bigger and bigger part of my life to the point where know at at the peak of me being a quasi entrepreneur uh my life was you know get to work at 7 a.m leave the office by you know 5 6 p.m come home um you know have have dinner with my ex and uh and then from you know 7 p.m until 3 a.m i was you know filling orders uh, working on designs, working on marketing schemes, you know, whatever. Like I just, I lived in this loop of, you know, three, four hours of sleep a night, two jobs. Um, and I got to this inflection point where the, the, the company was, you know, getting pretty big, but it wasn't big enough to really support the life that, you know, I, I was living. Um, but also I had no more time. And at this point, I, I had hired you know a, a couple of people, and I had a little warehouse because you know there was no more, no more room left in the house for shirts. Sure. So you know I got a little warehouse, and uh, my boss called me you know into his office and said on a Friday and said, "Hey, you know, great news! You're getting promoted. <clears throat> it's going to be a hundred thousand dollar raise." And uh, you know, I don't I don't come from wealth uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I'm, I'm the you know the the son of immigrants. Um, uh, you know, and and certainly, you know, my my parents worked very hard, and, and we we had a good life, and we were middle class by the time my dad retired. But uh, you know, the idea of making the kind of money I was making was attractive, and uh, but I, I I just did not like my life, and so I thought about it all weekend. I kind of called a couple people, talked to my dad. And, and then on Monday I came in and I told my boss that I was quitting. And, uh, you know, everybody, everybody was like, are you, you know, are you crazy? Like, you know, you, you basically have run the playbook for like the right thing to do, to have the right kind of life. You know, I sure did. I did West Point, I was, you know, I was in the army, I, you know, I, I did the right things in the army and then Duke and now at the fortune 100 gig. And, and it just like the only time in my life where I was unhappy was like making all this money and being in this company that like, I just didn't feel like I was making any difference. And so I jumped into being a real entrepreneur and, uh, almost bankrupted myself. Uh, you know, I, I got a divorce. Um, I was, a you know, for a period of time, you know, I was a, a single dad with a, a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and uh, I mean, it. Like when I tell you that it was a challenging period of my life, that is a gross understatement. Um, and you know, there was a moment where I had fifty-seven thousand dollars in credit card debt, and about $1,300 left in my bank account. And I, I still, you know, had had these two toddlers and trying to figure out how it was, I was going to make it all work. And I told myself, uh, instead of saying, you know, I'm going to go back to the corporate world. The decision was if I don't have more money in my bank account on this day, next month, I have to get a second job and I'll figure out how to restructure things to make Ranger Up work. And, um, you know, I, I worked harder than I ever have in my entire life, and I I, I just you know, made every phone call I could and tried so many different things, and uh, ended up landing a, a pretty cool article in um, the Military Times that kind of sure skyrocketed us forward. And the next the next month, I looked at my bank account, you know, and I had uh, one thousand three hundred and fifty dollars, and and I actually got a little emotional about it because. As silly as that fifty dollars was, it was it was a big win for me. And then uh, the next month I had fifteen hundred, and the next month I had uh, a few thousand. And then uh, fast forward about eighteen months, and uh, you know I, I was buying a, a, a nice home in, in Chapel Hill, and um, I was very fortunate that like all of the work paid off. But even if it hadn't, I was committed to the journey. And I think think that that commitment is really important if you actually want to succeed as an entrepreneur.
0: As parents who want the best for their kids, we all need a reminder, something tangible to remind us. Difficulty is forging our kids who they're meant to be. We have to be there for them and encourage them and believe in them. Of course, that doesn't mean we need to do everything for them. We need to let them struggle and emerge. Remember that iron sharpens iron, resistance builds muscle. They'll be better for it. And look, this is one of the reasons we created the Daily Dad Lukter et Emergo challenge coin. It says Lukter et Emergo, and it has a timeless symbol of strength and resilience, iron sharpening iron. The other side features the mantra, good but not easy, surrounded by the cycle we should emulate as parents. We need to let them struggle, show them support, and in the process, help them grow. You can check out this new coin, which is part of my new daily carry store.dailydad.com Hope you like it.